Welcome into On Texas Football. Time for a little football talk on this Sunday. I've got X's and O's expert Ian Boyd alongside me here. Uh, Ian, time to talk a little football. We want to go over some position stuff that you mentioned on Inside Texas earlier this week. Give some people an understanding of exactly what Steve Sarkeesian means by some of the positional uh, pieces when we talk about a certain receiver being the X receiver versus the Y receiver, et cetera. Uh, we're also going to do a little something different. Uh, Ian, you're, you're a pretty bright guy. I got to give it to you. Um, you're you're going to be someone that actually asks some questions as well here um, because I've been around and I know you've kind of pinged me on some stuff about what I'm seeing and how that might relate to what you're thinking for the Longhorns today. So we're going to we're going to play off a little bit of each other uh, right away. Um, I'll get to that part first. Is there anything that you're just say, Bobby, I, I need to know this based on what I'm hearing because I think it may impact Texas pretty heavily. Uh, I'll open the door for you. Well, Jeray Bledsoe, I know you, you talked about this with Paulson yesterday, but Jeray Bledsoe is such a fascinating figure for Texas. It's, I guess the first question is, do you think he can have an impact this season or does he need another year in the oven? Because I think, I think there's like two positions that it seems like he could be helpful at. And that's maybe the problem. Yeah, no, I, well, I think he's, so I think he's quick enough and athletic enough. Like he's more athletic than Baron Sorrell. Um, and I think his body type is going to be bigger than Baron Sorrell. Um, I think he can be an edge. Um, and the question, the better question there is one that you started with, does he need more time in the oven? <laughs> That's the key with him. And I think he does. Um, they, they'll play him this year. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just feel like he needs more time to bake. Um, physically you can tell he's, he, he had some bad weight coming into Texas a year ago. That's totally gone. Redefined. Um, but is he ready to take on Big 12 high-caliber blockers at this time? I don't know. Against the run. Against the pass, he's, he's more than adequate. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not unlike Ethan Burke. Against the pass, a higher-level guy than Ovia Gufu yesterday, right? Um, so the question I have for you and, and the thought process here is, you know, how do they get him in this mix? How do they make him... Uh, get a get a feel for the game and, and kind of push that out. But uh, no, he's he's a guy. I I think that, and I told Jerry this yesterday as well. I think he and Colton Vosick are both future guys. They just need more time in the oven. They they really do. Um, and so that's that would be my point uh, to you, uh, Ian, and what I'm thinking at this point. That's a really complicated thing too, because one direction is three technique, and the missing piece there is you're going to get double teamed kind of a lot in this defense. Yep. And then the other direction is edge, right? And learning how to, what happens at edge is there's a lot of plays where you're initially unblocked and you got to figure out what's happening because somebody's like either, either the quarterback is reading you or somebody is coming from another direction to take your head off. And you got to learn how to figure all that out and get yourself in the right spot. And uh, it seems like he's powerful enough where he could potentially play double teams, but he's also athletic enough where he could figure that out. So uh, you, 
you hate this sometimes when you see these really raw, talented guys that you know could be awesome at something, but they have to be awesome at something, right? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that's where I'm saying, I don't know that he's there yet. Now, maybe he is in 30 days. Um, maybe he is in 15 days more. You know, that's that's what they're shooting for, right? Is the first two weeks of camp are kind of this get to know you. Who are we going to count on around August 15, Ian? That's when it starts getting to the time where, hey, it's time to get serious. And we're going to know if he's gotten to that point. The, the, the piece that I would say to you is um, he needs more of that work at truly end, in, in my opinion, uh, because he's it's not something familiar to him. He came from a small high school. He didn't have to worry about that. I mean, he, he, he literally didn't have to worry about being trapped. You know what I mean? That, was, that wasn't so he was like see ball, get ball at that level. Um, and so to your point, that's that's different than the, the Westlake kids who did see a lot of that, frankly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so oh, I, I would say well, I, I would say this uh, for the record. Uh, he has as much talent as anybody on the roster at that position. My concern is. Is he going to go the way of Alfred Collins and never really maximize that ability because he's not um, in tune to that singular position and learning it? Or is he going to break out? Uh, because right now, I want to see him break. I, he needs to keep going on the, 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 be narrowly focused and pointed in the right direction and learn that like nobody's business. And if he does, Texas has a starter next year with him. He has that kind of upside. There's no, there's no question. I mean, he could be the heir apparent to uh, Baron Sorrell tomorrow. You know, if if he ever got that down. Related question: I heard you and and Paul talking the other day, and you mentioned that Collins is still not that strong at the point of attack. And so I'm wondering now that that gives you. Byron Murphy can play nose. Byron Murphy could probably play three technique if, if they wanted him to. Uh, Trill Carter can play, I think, plays behind Byron Murphy at the nose. You got Sweat at three technique. And then who is behind Sweat that can remotely approximate what Sweat does? Like, I think Collins can be disruptive. But in terms of put a guy at three technique, let the other team double him, and it, you're, they're not getting anywhere. Is there anyone else on the roster that can do that except for the guys that knows? Sadir Mitchell um, and Aaron Bryant are both more run stoppers than they are disruptors. Um, Younger, clearly. But Sadir Mitchell, I'm just telling you, he's huge. I mean, you can't – he's just hard. As long as he plays with effort, he's the guy that's going to be hard to move, period. That's why you don't want to play him more than 15, 20 snaps a game right now because you need that consistent effort for him. Otherwise he's just, he's going to get blocked into people, which is Vernon Broughton's problem, right? He, he plays so high that he doesn't really anchor well. Um, I yes. do think, I, I think more and more the addition of Trill Carter this off season was vitally important because of that. Now, and I want to say this, Alfred Collins isn't helpless against the run. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference, right? Yeah. He's not helpless. He's just not ideal. So from, from the sound of it, we'll probably see more Sidere Mitchell this year. We'll, we'll see those 15 to 20 snaps 
I I would have thought maybe he sees 15 to 20 snaps in like three or four games. And now it sounds like that's going to be more like 10. I, I don't know. I'd say five to 10. I, look, I don't know that 15 to 20 out of the gate is right for him. I think okay. it's going to be five to 10. I still think they're going to go with early season in particular with Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton and Trill Carter. You see what I'm saying? I think as the season wears on and they get more confidence in Sadir, things change. It's just there's this one team on the schedule early on where you don't want to be playing guys that can get put on skates, you know? Yeah. Is that Baylor? Yeah. Or is that oh is that Alabama? Well, I was thinking Alabama, but honestly, Baylor is kind of like that too. Right. They, they're a little different, but they will they will give you trouble if you're not fit. So, right. Exactly. And that's my point is if you're not, I, I think there's multiple teams that are like that. And, and so they're going to have to, it's, it's common. And you know, that coaches have to figure out who can do what in game situations and how much they can rely on people. Steve Sarkeesian talked about it. Um, reliability and consistency. Uh, Kyle flood and, and Pete Kwiatkowski said the thing, same things. They're looking to know what I get out of you every play. At the very least, they don't want busts. They don't want mental mistakes. They need to know what they can get at. Hey, hey Ian, Honestly, we'll talk some more. Go ahead. Well, Rice really is the ideal week one test because they're not really going to, you know, they're not really going to give you problems. But it's still, it's still Blum, still Bloomgren there, right? Yep. They're going to look to get downhill and play Smash Mouth to the best that their roster is capable of. And if the Texas defensive tackles that don't take that game seriously, I think are going to get exposed a little bit on film. Maybe not badly enough where the fans are like, you really notice it, but the coaches will notice it. And I think they'll use that game as an important barometer for who's going to get snaps against Alabama. Well, I'll tell you this. It's going to be at 2.30 in the afternoon in the Austin heat. So the defensive tackles can get run down pretty quick. I bet they go through – Six or seven of them in game yeah. one for sure. Um, hey, I want to I want to go now. You can come back and ask me another question uh, next, uh, but I want to go now uh, to talk something about you wrote this week, and it was going over the glossary really of why which positions are which on a football field. So when we talk about the X receiver, the Y receiver, uh, people get an, uh, a view of that. Uh, I want people to actually see that. So we're going to put it, put this graphic up right now. All right, so looking at this right here, there are obviously four receivers, a quarterback, and a running back. Uh, the four receivers are labeled uh, X, Y, and Z if you go for the far wide, and then you have an H. The H is like an H back, right? Um, so then you have Y, Z, and X. Going across, tell people from top to bottom, okay, starting with X, which each player is for the current Texas roster. So they understand not only who that is, I'm then going to come back and ask you why those players are in those positions uh, lined up like this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So X, for anybody that uh, older fans or guys that played high school football like in the 90s or something, your X is like the traditional split end. He's the receiver that theoretically is lining up on the line of scrimmage. And so Sark always plays the X. Well, not always because Sark bends, bends and breaks his own rules all the time. But on the most basic level, X plays on the same side with H and Z plays on the same side as Y. So because H is an off-ball player, X is the split-end on-ball player. Um, now, the H is often a slot receiver. It's either the, the tight end that's off the ball that can move around, or it's a slot receiver, depending on if it's 11 or 12 personnel. So the X is often aligned with a slot, and so it ends up being your further removed receiver in a lot of modern sets. And he's so not necessarily that. on the line of scrimmage because Y is on the same side, right? So he, he could be. Okay. He so it depends be. on which side Y flips to, whether or not X is on the on the line of scrimmage. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And Y being the tight end. So X and yours is Xavier Worthy. Xavier right? Worthy and Jonte Cook backing him up. Yeah. Okay. Now and then, in the in the Tom Herman days, the X was just the guy that lined up in the boundary. So okay. it was for Tom Herman, it was usually the big, powerful possession receiver that could get pressed and whatever. So Texas fans have they they we we've associated X with your big guy, your big possession guy for five years or whatever. But it's really not anymore. X is really more what for Herman would have been Z. Okay. It's, it's the guy that's often off the ball speed guy guy that's going to be in space a lot all right let, let's talk about you know these positions and why they are who they are on the field so x uh why is xavier worthy or uh, z why is ad mitchell positioned where they are actually like what what is their body type or uh traits that matter the most and why are they in the positions that that they're in so the z is going to tend to be in the boundary more often because the Y is always staying close to the box because he's the blocker between the Y and the H. The Y is more of your blocker. And uh, so the Z ends up just in the boundary a lot, which I, I know, again, is I know it's a reversal of how Tom Herman did it, and that's confusing, but that's the way it is now. Because the Z is in the boundary more often, he's often having to play against press coverage. He's often having to play in more confined spaces. And so you want usually your more big body position receiver guy there. 
I mean, if he's a deep threat, that's you want him to be a deep threat. Ideally. So that's I mean, why it's AD Mitchell and Isaiah Nayor, right? Yeah. Everyone in the offense, every, you know, it's like the Marine Corps, every man, a rifle man for Sark, every man, a deep threat, ideally, but disease going to face more confined spaces, more physicality, et cetera. Okay. So then, what, then, yeah. then, then explain why Xavier Worthy is out wide. Is it just, is it literally space and he can take yeah. it to the house? Just like he did. Yeah. I no offense, but kind of like he did against Oklahoma in his freshman year. Took well, a took a little screen. I, I know, know that wasn't say no offense there, but <laughs> go yeah. ahead and apply the offense with Oklahoma. Yeah, he's uh he's gonna be out in more open space at X. Uh the other the teams often coverages are often designed to get help over the Z boundary receiver more easily than the X. A lot of teams, Texas included, would prefer to just be able to put a corner out on him. And just kind of say, if your quarterback can make all these throws, have at it. We're not going to shade all our coverages over there. We're going to make your quarterback prove that his arm can actually reach those. Well, Steve Sarkeesian makes it a point to get quarterbacks whose arms can get out there. And uh, when Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, it's a, it's a match made in hell for modern defensive coordinators. He has a lot of space to work with out there. He can get a lot of one-on-one matchups less press coverage. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him when he's lined out there to catch, you know, quick, quick hitches and slants and space and then let him go run. Got it. Um, so that's where obviously Xavier Worthy, John Tay Cook come in. Now H typically is Jordan Whittington and or and DeAndre Moore. But you said that it could also be JT Sanders in a different alignment. Explain that thought process about process of why Whittington and Moore fit that category. So your slot, your H is your slot. And one way to think of it is that the job of the Y is to block one of the six guys in the box. So the six guys in the box are going to be like in a four, two, your four down linemen, and then your two inside linebackers. The seventh guy is often a defensive back in these modern nickel defenses. So your H, the job of H is basically to match up and account for that seventh guy who's going to be a defensive back. When it's Jordan Whittington, Jordan Whittington can block those guys because he's an amazing blocker, but he can also make them cover. So it keeps them from getting nosy and getting involved in the box against the run because they have to worry about covering the H. When it's Jatavian Sanders, he can still force them to cover but he can also line up tight and just block him, right? Because he's a lot bigger than a nickel or a safety. Um, so your yeah, your H is basically how do you account for the extra man who's going to be more often than not a defensive back or a smaller linebacker? And then the skill set of the H will determine how you do it. Is he more of a receiver? Then you'll make him cover. Is he more of a blocker? Then you'll just knock him out of the way. Interesting. All right. I think that that'll, that'll do the, the glossary uh, term for today. I think that's good stuff, Ian, because I get, I even get confused at times about X and Z, because like you said, it's different things in different offenses, uh, whether it's Tom Herman, Steve Sarkeesian, who's, who's ever's. Uh, so anyways, uh, let's get back to some other stuff here before we close out uh, this conversation uh, with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, any other things you want to know about practice or, or thoughts on the Longhorns that, Anything is dredged up here that, that you're uh, contemplating right now? I I am curious because it seems like one of the 
the big question marks with this team now, if Quinn feels like kind of a more and more a safe thing, the more we hear about Quinn's offseason and where he is right now, that that big central question about Texas seems like it's going to find a positive answer. Yeah, the How, degree to which is the question. Right, yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be like last year. He's going to be a lot better than last year. I agree. Um, the run game, on really on either side of the ball. How well do they run the ball inside? And then how well do they defend the run, particularly in those weak side boundary spots like Buck and Will Linebacker? Uh, and potentially safety if, if, if God forbid, Jalen Catalan should have more injury problems. So I, I don't know. That's a lot for you to, to take on. Maybe I'll narrow it down to um, how are, say, Ethan Burke, Mo Blackwell, and David Benda looking in terms of size, strength, confidence, readiness, from what you can tell? Um, so Mo Blackwell looks really, really good right now. He is playing with his hair on fire a little bit, which is great because that's what you want from him, right? That's that's his MO and what he is you want people playing to their strengths. He's running hard and smart and quick. Really impressed there. David Benda is more that prototypical linebacker, kind of bulky build guy. It, it, I am not so much worried about run support after um, after Jalen Catalan and or Jaron Thompson, really. I think Keaton Crawford provides that. I think BJ Allen provides that. I think Derek Williams would provide that. I'm not worried about run support from safety. Only if if Michael Taft becomes the the guy back there do I start getting worried about that. Even um, he is even he is kind of an enforcer for his for his Yeah. Side. Yeah, no, he's he's not I just I worry about him getting overmatched. Yeah. Whereas the other guys I don't think get overmatched, right? Um athletically and uh, physically. So um my my point being uh, I'm most concerned right now with Ethan Burke being ready to play. The thing about Ethan is he's very much a scrapper. And watching him go through workouts, uh, Baron Sorrell uh, talking about him the way he has, uh, I feel like they're going to make do. I, I feel like he's still a year or two away. But he's further along. He's a smart player too now. I think that Ethan Burke, you know, a lot of kids let their eyes, uh, you know, eyes get big and, and that sort of stuff. I think Ethan Burke kind of has an understanding that he's got a responsibility within the system of the defense. Um, the question, though, is is fair one, uh, Ian, and that's whether or not he's ready to really be that guy. I think some teams are going to try to gang up on him early in particular. I, mean, I can see Alabama going two tight ends and trying to mash Texas there, the question is, what does Texas do in return? Uh, because you're not going to just leave Ethan Burke out there to to, to hang dry, you know. So, uh, good question. Uh, to, our, to our earlier point about Dre Bledsoe in high school and the Westlake guys, Burke was used to getting, like, trapped or, or whatever at Westlake, but the way that he would re respond to it does not translate. Right. Because what he would do when teams tried to get – guys over was he would dart around him get low and then he's six six so he just stick his long arms out and trip people yeah it's like blow by people he didn't have to do a lot of what you have to do in college and in the system which is get low get the right position and blow somebody up heads up 
right? So he's got to learn that whole, you know, skill set. And uh, he can't just cheat with his quickness and length anymore. So um, I, 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 I know that they're teach I know that for two years now he's been learning to adjust, but that, that's, you know, that's a big, that's a big adjustment. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's good. It's a physical one too, by the way, which takes longer to develop whenever you're a guy that, you know, frankly had been playing two sports his, his whole life. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that they're, they're going to make do there. Um, I think they just need to continue to, to teach him and play smart. Uh, and Justice Finkley, if, if somebody does come into that, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to get some playing time there too on run first teams, I believe. So we'll see how all that goes. Um, all right, Ian, I think that's going to do it for this, this afternoon or for this morning, excuse me. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We are now, I mean, we're, we're exactly four weeks away or four, three weeks and six days away from the start of the football season. We'll talk to you again next week. Maybe talk a little bit uh, next week about, I, we may talk a little bit about rice and what the, the owls do, because I, I thought it was interesting you talking about their downhill rushing attack and how Texas might uh, uh, defend that. All right. For Ian Boyd, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.